Hello, hello, and welcome or welcome back to another episode of the Live Label Free Podcast. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and I'm an autism and eating disorder recovery coach that has turned my mess into my message and now helps other people to do the same. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening and please leave a 5 star rating too. I love providing you with free value in the form of these podcast episodes and leaving a positive rating and review is an absolutely free way for you to reciprocate the love. Now, speaking of free and love, if you're listening to this, chances are you're either autistic and dealing with disordered eating, or you're a carer or loved one of an autistic person struggling with food. Either way, I want to show you some extra free love beyond this podcast episode, and that is my free training, Three Steps to Recovery from an Eating Disorder as an Autistic Person. If there is one question I get asked the most when it comes to autism and eating disorders, it's whether or not I believe it's harder for an autistic person to recover from an eating disorder. The fact that this is such a common question is really no surprise as autistic traits are often the root cause of the disordered eating behaviors. I believe my own eating disorder was simply a manifestation of my autism. Obsessive interests, the need for predictability and routine, difficulty with change, being sensitive. As soon as you mix food and exercise into this autistic assemblage of traits, it's literally a recipe for an eating disorder. So then how does an autistic individual approach recovery from an eating disorder? Well, that is exactly what you will learn in my free audio training. While listening, you'll be guided through three simple steps to give you the clarity and confidence you need to use your autism to your advantage in recovery. It's like having a private coaching session with me on demand. To listen to the free training, all you have to do is head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash free dash audio training and you'll be on your way to learning the skills to fully recover from an eating disorder as an autistic person. Achieving a state of full recovery from an eating disorder will be a different journey than for someone who is not autistic, but that doesn't mean it has to be harder. I did it, which means you can too. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, Which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other.
Okay, we need to talk about the term mindful eating. Honestly, the term just makes me want to cringe. Mindful eating is the very last thing you should be focusing on if you are in recovery from a restrictive eating disorder. I can obviously only ever speak from personal experience, but throughout my illness, I was way too damn mindful of every bite I put into my mouth. My days revolved around planning what I was going to eat, how I was going to eat it, whether I should eat out of a bowl or off a plate, which of my small spoons I should use to maximally enjoy the experience of eating. Hell, I would even plan what I would be wearing while eating. Basically, I was just trying to do anything and everything in my power to make the circumstances around food perfect. I know I say I speak from personal experience, but I also know I am not the only one who did this, and perhaps you still do. So many of my clients, as well as community on Instagram, have shared with me that when you are stuck in an eating disorder, anything and everything involving food or eating becomes some kind of special ritual. Food becomes a precious resource, and we therefore cherish any time we finally allow ourselves to eat it. This ritualizing of a basic human need, however, comes from a scarcity mindset. Ultimately, our brains will only see things as special or precious when they are of limited availability. Just think about birthdays. We literally celebrate birthdays because there's only one time you turn a certain age. Or weddings. We do everything we can to plan the perfect wedding because it's a once in a lifetime event. We cherish holidays with our family when we live far apart because those are the moments that only come once or twice a year before we have to say goodbye again. All of these events are truly precious, so we do everything in our power to enjoy them to the max. Food, however, isn't supposed to be special. Of course, there are times and places when food is special, such as at special events, but every bite you take in a day is not supposed to be ritualized like some holy ceremony, because it isn't. Food is a basic human need, and we would literally die without it. But because you deprive yourself of food, your body perceives food to be a scarce resource. And as I explain in depth in my course, Extremely Hungry to Completely Satisfied, our brain will obsess over things we believe to be scarce. All that to say, I believe the core of eating disorder recovery and ending your obsession around food comes down to shifting your mindset. Instead of coming from a place of restriction and limitation, recovery entails you to come from a place of abundance and empowerment. Because when we look at life through a lens of abundance, meaning food is abundant too, it loses its power over you. Food no longer controls your life, but simply becomes a part of your life, as it should be. This life, a life that doesn't revolve around food may seem unimaginable for you right now. You've gotten so used to planning your life around exercise and eating routines that you may fear giving that up. What will come in the place of your eating disorder? What if you end up feeling empty inside? Because the human brain is so averse to change, we often choose to stay in a life that we hate. Even if we're absolutely miserable, at least it's safe and at least it's what we know. However, 
Change is the only constant in life. The only thing we can truly always rely on is that we are always changing. I mean, literally, our cells are never not dividing and multiplying. For those of us neurodivergent individuals, as well as people with the genetics for eating disorders, I know more than anyone that accepting change is so freaking hard. We cling to rituals and routines because they provide us with that safety net to deal with the ever-changing outer world. But change only becomes suffering when you resist the change, because resisting the change means staying stuck in limiting beliefs. So yes, letting go of your eating disorder will require you to change. It means taking action to break free from rigid rituals and routines around food so you can feel at ease when it comes to eating. No more overthinking what the perfect food is to eat or what the perfect circumstances are because eating is no longer perceived as a rare or special occasion. If you could truly eat whatever and whenever you wanted, if food was abundant, there would be no need to eat perfectly because if the food doesn't taste good, then guess what? You can eat something else. And this is where I feel this whole concept of mindful eating can be so harmful in recovery. When you are in recovery and are actively trying to stop micromanaging food and gain a sense of flexibility around eating, the very last thing you need to hear is to chew slowly or put your fork down between bites. So if mindful eating is the complete opposite of what's helpful in recovery, why do so many people talk about it and what should you focus on instead? To answer that question, I think it's first important to establish that we are on the same page as to what mindful eating is. Because the term is quite subjective and there's a lot of nuance to it depending on the person or source talking about it, there were also a ton of different definitions I found when Google searching what mindful eating is. Unfortunately, the term mindful eating isn't clearly defined in the dictionary. Oh well. However, when it comes to a definition that is pretty much shared across the board, mindful eating can be defined as being fully attentive to your food. This means using all of your senses to achieve a state of full presence with your experiences, cravings, and physical cues around eating. So then when you think about what this looks like, or rather what you will find when Google searching how to eat mindfully is a laundry list of tips ranging from listening to your body and stopping when you are full to eating without distractions or eating in silence to focusing on how food makes you feel. I honestly don't even know where to begin when it comes to unpacking how unhelpful these quote-unquote tips are, but I'll start off with the physical aspect mentioned, and that is to listen to your body and honor your hunger and fullness. I think we can all agree on the fact that engaging in disordered behaviors totally fucks up your hunger and fullness cues. This is another one of those topics that I get into real deep in my extreme hunger course, so I highly encourage you to enroll in my course if you are looking for a step-by-step -step guide that teaches you the science behind healing your relationship with food and everything that comes with recovery so you can take data-driven action that actually gives you results. I don't tell you to just 
honor your hunger and stop when you're full because that was the most meaningless thing anyone could have ever told me during my own recovery. My course, Extremely Hungry to Completely Satisfied, provides you with tangible tips and addresses the root cause of your disordered relationship around food and weight so you can uproot the unhealthy behaviors and build a strong and healthy foundation towards full recovery. The direct link to my course can be found in the description below or just head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash extreme dash hunger dash course. I am so, so, so excited for you to embark on this journey to making peace with food and paving your unique path to the land of satisfaction. On top of the fact that ignoring your physical and mental hunger cues for so long messes them up, it is incredibly ableist to assume that everyone can just listen to their body and eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full. As I explained in my podcast episode, Interoception in Autism and Anorexia, individuals with autism and or comorbid eating disorders often lack interoceptive awareness or the ability to sense and understand inner cues. This innate ability to even sense bodily cues such as hunger and fullness in the first place would make it quite difficult to just honor your hunger, don't you think? Furthermore, this interoceptive perspective also helps explain why mindful eating tips such as focusing on how food makes you feel and bringing all the senses to the meal is just so unaccommodating for neurodivergence and people struggling with eating disorders because we are literally unable to understand how we feel and clearly not all of our senses work properly. Now I want to touch on some tips regarding the mental side of mindful eating such as eating in silence and without distractions. I'm going to be completely upfront with you in saying that I never eat without distractions. Not because I want to be busy or don't like my food, because trust me, I do, but because eating in silence makes me hella anxious. I'm a born overthinker, and I think it's safe to say that most people with eating disorders and most people on the spectrum are. I actually shared a recent episode on the correlation between autism, anorexia, and anxiety in which this concept of interoception comes back again, so I definitely recommend adding that episode or video to your list of to listen or to watch after this one. Anyways, when I was still trying to navigate my way through the abundance of vague tools provided to me in recovery, mindful eating being one of them, I felt this pressure that I had to be able to eat in utter silence. It was honestly like torture for me. Eating the food was hard enough and then having to also sit with the eating disorder thoughts in the silence? Like seriously, this is the most ridiculous way to encourage someone to make peace with food in recovery. Distracting yourself while eating is such a helpful tool because it turns down the volume on those eating disorder thoughts during an already difficult moment. Personally, I love to watch Netflix, read, or just mindlessly scroll Instagram, or perhaps you were watching this video while you're eating breakfast. If you are, let me know in the comments because that would totally make my day. But yep, I know this is going directly against what literally every intuitive eating coach or mindful eating dietitian tells you to do on Instagram, but everyone is so different and 
what's helpful for one can be completely harmful for the next. This leads me directly to my last point on mindful eating, which is about extending the duration of eating. When I read tips along the lines of put your fork down between bites and chew slowly and take a certain number of bites before swallowing, I am honestly so appalled. I mean, I don't know about you listening to this or if you're watching on YouTube, but during my eating disorder, I was a pro at slow eating. I swear, even a snail could have probably eaten faster than me. All jokes aside though, I really had to retrain myself to eat faster in recovery. Eating at a snail's pace was one of those things that had simply become a habit that I had to take consistent action to eat faster in order to neurally rewire those pathways in my brain. Whereas I understand that slowing down eating can be helpful when it comes to gaining an understanding of whether or not you are full and should keep eating or not, this mindful approach to eating is a total mind fuck for those of us who are already way too hyper aware of the way we eat. Like, I'm sorry, but when I was going through recovery, the last thing I wanted to think about while I was eating was overthinking whether or not I should keep on eating. With all that said, what should you do if mindful eating isn't it? Well, first of all, I'm never going to tell you what you should do because that is your business. But what I can say is that if you truly want to break free from your eating disorder and create new healthy habits that support a lifetime of happiness and fulfillment, you have to eat in a way that is opposite to the way in which your eating disorder wants you to eat. I believe mindful eating is often used as a socially acceptable way to mask and perpetuate disordered behaviors just like veganism, going to the gym every day, and all the other socially acceptable behaviors people do that they know are just an excuse to stay sick. Taking small bites, eating slowly, and saying you're full so that you can stop eating because you're quote-unquote listening to your body is exactly what your eating disorder wants. But what your eating disorder wants is the opposite of what you want. So here's your permission to do what you want. Eat really freaking fast. Eat past physical fullness to satisfy your mental hunger. Watch YouTube videos while eating. As long as you are brutally honest with yourself and are going against the eating disorder, you don't have to follow any silly tips some mindful eating coach gave you online. And that's all I have for you today, my friend. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to like and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube or if you are listening to the podcast, screenshot this episode, share it to your IG story, and tag me at live label free. I believe this message of mindful eating being harmful needs more recognition and acceptance and your sharing of this episode or video helps give other people that permission that they do not need to eat mindfully. I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Bye bye for now. Just one foot in front of the other and you'll see This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my small but mighty Live Label Free team. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you were now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. 
together, we're always stronger.